Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. I'm shocked you actually came back. Uh, I figured we could do a series on sex or other hot button issues, but a series on fasting, well, that'll get everyone out of the church. I expect that. But good for you. I'm glad you, uh, you hung in there. I really believe this next 21 days can be life-changing uh, for many of you. That's what I'm asking God for in my life and the life of our church, life change. And we're investing the next three weeks leading up to Easter, really seeking God's face by doing a church-wide Daniel fast in which we're inviting people to give up their regular food. We talked about this last week, you know, the cookies, the Snapple, the, the bologna sandwiches, all that processed stuff, and really actually substitute fruits, vegetables, and water for 21 days, okay? No, no milk, sugar, alcohol, caffeine. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, is that for Lent? You guys know what Lent is. Lent is that traditional 40-day period leading up to Easter. Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. And the idea is as we sacrifice... We're, we're, it's reminding us of what Christ sacrificed to bring salvation to us. So, it, so it's a reminder for us. This isn't Lent so much, though, as much as a detox as it is for our body and soul so that we can draw closer to Christ through this ancient discipline and really seek his power in areas of our life that are in need of what we're saying really breakthrough. Let me give you a few examples of people who, uh, who are doing a Daniel fast. The first is Debbie. Uh, Debbie was, a, uh, she was a, a teacher, and she walked in one day. Her principal actually said to her, uh, this is your last year teaching. We don't have a spot for you next season. It was a total shock. She's a great teacher. She loved the job. Actually, she's a single mom, and so she's raising her only daughter there. And so she had no idea what to do. Total shocker to lose her job like that. But Debbie actually believed the Lord had a plan for her, even though she couldn't see it yet. So she decided to do the Daniel fast, really to discern God's will for the next chapter of her life. Career choices, unemployment, a fork in the road. What do I do, God? That's what a Daniel fast is for. I'll give you the example of Steve and Tracy. Uh, On the outside, they kind of look like that, you know, young married couple who have it all together. That's what you assume. He worked in corporate, but after only three years as a husband and wife, they actually function more like roommates. You know what I'm talking about? financial issues, other pressures kind of drove a wedge in their relationship and created distance between them with each other, with God. They actually came to church. Steve recommitted his life to to Christ and things got better. He kind of stepped up as a husband. They started serving together, but they both were kind of hungry for more because some of those old habits and patterns and hurts still had a grip on them. So together they said as husband and wife, we're going to do a Daniel fast for 21 days to really seek God's full healing in our relationship and blessing on our family, relationships, marriage, kids, conflict. These are all reasons to do a Daniel fast. 
The last example is, is Michelle. Um, she was sick and tired of being overweight. Thousand Diets went and, and, and came and went every year. She kind of joined the gym with good intentions, never stuck, and she just always felt guilty about it and defeated. But the year that she turned 40, she sensed that God was actually prompting her to give complete control over her eating habits. And so Michelle chose the Daniel fast in order to ask God to heal her from the emotional chains that kept her bound in food addiction for so many years of her adult life. Addictions. Areas of your life where you feel defeated or under bondage, a stronghold that you're like, I can't overcome this with willpower alone. These are all reasons to do a Daniel fast this spring. I mean, think about this. If God could change the trajectory of one thing in your life over the next 21 days, what would it be? Is it a decision you're facing about a job or an opportunity or a choice? Maybe it's healing for an illness or wisdom in a relationship. You don't know what to do or freedom from an addiction. Discernment at work or in a family situation. Today, I want to talk about the focus of our fast and your fast. And tomorrow on Monday, March 28th, we're going to actually make history. Because uh, the first time in the life of Liquid Church, we are doing a church-wide fast that I hope you're going to be a part of. Some, church, some uh, fasts are private fasts. You do it only for yourself. Nobody else knows. And then the Bible, there are public fasts, corporate fasts, where, where a, a spiritual community comes together and they say, we're seeking God's face together. And we want to bring the power of our joint prayers and fasting, and we want to bring that before God to see breakthrough. As I mentioned last week, you can fast from basically anything. It could be uh, caffeine or, or chocolate. You can give up uh, Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever it is, social media. Whatever things you normally crave and turn to for comfort. The idea of fasting is simple. We're just giving up something physical in the hopes of receiving something spiritual that's better. God's power. A fresh filling of his spirit, his strength in our life. Maybe a renewed sense of closeness with your creator. Maybe you're like, well, you know, I feel distant from God. I don't think I'm up to fasting. That's the whole point. (laughs) If you feel like your relationship with God is flatlined, this is one of the ways you really seek him. Because you take time that you normally would preparing a meal or go out, and you actually use it to pray. You feast on God's word, and you actually seek his breakthrough in a specific area of your life. Now, the reason I chose a Daniel fast for us is because it's actually very accessible entry-level fast. If you've never fasted before, it's not crazy difficult to do, but it will cause you to grow aware of all the things you kind of turn to as like crutches to lean on in your life, things that you look to for comfort and fulfillment that quite honestly aren't God. This is not a novel idea. We took our cue from Daniel chapter one, where Daniel is taken hostage in Babylon uh, by a king, an evil king, Nebuchadnezzar, and the first step to brainwashing Daniel or getting him to conform to the culture is actually through his daily diet. Verse 5 of Daniel 1 said this, remember this? The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. And we said, oh yeah, we know the king's food, man. He had the cookies, he had the Tostitos, that guy had bologna, uh, you know, he's got the Diet Coke, he's got steak. He had all the richest food you could imagine, the succulent stuff, the stuff that really you, you kind of craved. And, and the idea was, as you started eating, you're saying, that's delicious, I want more. And he said, come to me. And you became dependent on the king. You understand? But Daniel, what was that word? You remember this? Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he proposed an alternative. He said, please test your servants for 10 days and give us nothing but what? Vegetables to eat and water to drink. And we realized this was was an act of high rebellion. This was the original food fight. He was like, I come against you in the power of all things simple and pure and holy against your unholy frosted flakes. Be gone with you, Tony the tiger, right? He comes against this in a powerful way, and we realize that's kind of strange. But in Babylon, to refuse to eat 
Your king's food was an offense. And Daniel said, guess what? I'm choosing my king over Burger King. This is a big deal. And for 10 days, Daniel fasted. He gave up meat, sweets, breads, alcohol, sugar, and ate nothing but vegetables, fruit, and water. Basically did a replacement diet, and the results were amazing. It says at the end of 10 days, they looked, what's the word? Healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Daniel honored God in his diet, and God honored Daniel in return. Not just physically, but the spiritual impact was life-changing. God unleashed supernatural gifts in Daniel. It says Daniel could understand what? Visions and dreams of all kinds. So Daniel rebelled against his culture. He replaces his food, and the results literally changed his life. It's breakthrough. My question before all of us is, what could God, what could happen over the next three weeks if you pushed away from the king's table for just the season, said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from that and really seek God's breakthrough, his intervention in my life. I'm going to press in between now and Easter. I'm going to seek his face because the resurrection power of Christ is available to me. From the earliest record, guys, in scripture, fasting has been God's chosen way for his children to humble themselves because all of a sudden you get very weak and needy. It's his way of drawing closer to Christ and pursue life-changing power in a situation that needs God's touch, his power, his anointing in your life. So why are we fasting, the question is, for 21 days as a church? Because Daniel fasted 10, and that is a great question. And today, what I want to do is show you why, because this was not the last time that Daniel fasted as a way of seeking God's breakthrough. Fasting became a lifestyle for him. Take your Bible and turn with me, would you, to Daniel chapter 10? It's on page 624. I want to show you another incredible kind of instance where God honored Daniel's sacrifice. And it was really by revealing a vision to Daniel, a revelation about his future and the future of the Hebrew people. And this is fascinating because fast forward, Daniel's about 85 years old at this point, okay? Decades have passed since he was at 10-day fast in Nebuchadnezzar's palace. And in Daniel 10, he receives a vision from God. Can we bring the lights up a little bit so everybody can read in the the Bible along there? Um, He receives this vision from God. That is so disturbing to him. It is upsetting that he turns to fasting once again. Look at Daniel 10 verse 1. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a what? A great war. War in the Middle East. Imagine that. The understanding of the message came to him through CNN. No, it didn't. Through a vision. God gave him a vision. It says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. Let's read it together out loud, all our campuses. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Three weeks, 21 days. Daniel is hit with this disturbing situation in his life. And he once again returns to fasting as a way to seek God's voice. The Bible says he ate no, no choice food. The, the Hebrew for that is kenda or lechem. It means desirable, <laughs> savory, probably sweets, probably breads. Those are the delicacies that we see in the king's cart, probably the deep dish pizza. It's in there. And on top of that, he said, no meat or wine is going to touch my lips. And it's not that Daniel was a teetoler or he was vegan, okay? In fact, the point is never his diet. It's the heart behind it. Daniel said, I'm disturbed by something in my life. I want God's power, so I'm going to humble myself before him. He was so heartbroken for the people he loved. These were his family, guys. These were his friends. He loved them. And this great war was about to come upon them. 
And so to seek God's intervention in this desperate situation, he says, for three weeks, I'm going to eat only what is absolutely necessary for my sustenance. I'm really going to press into God so I can understand what he wants me to do. What's your vision, God? I need your understanding, Lord. I'm humbling myself, and I'm actually hungrier for you than anything else in my life. You think God hears that kind of desperate prayer? That's a cry of the heart. Fasting actually means, you know what fasting literally means in Hebrew? It means to cover your mouth. And it's not just cover your mouth so you don't eat anything. It's when a situation comes in your life and you go, it's so disturbing. It makes you cover your mouth because your soul is groaning. God heard his prayer. This is amazing. Look at this verse four, what happens. It says, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, again, this is in Iraq, I looked up. And there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. And just stop right there because you're like, what is this? This guy taking LSD. Does anybody know who this is? Look at the description, a belt of gold. He's got flaming eyes, he's got bronze arms, the voice of an angel. This is not Justin Bieber, folks, okay? This is a messenger from heaven. Quite possibly the archangel Gabriel. It may be a pre-incarnate Christ. Scholars disagree. But he comes to visit Daniel in response to his prayer and fasting. Anytime an angel visits a human in Scripture, do you know what the universal response is? (laughs) It's collapsed. That's why angels are always like, don't be afraid. Fear not. Just relax. And this guy appears to Daniel. Look at this verse 7. It says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me didn't see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. They didn't even see the guy, but they sensed the supernatural presence. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale. I was helpless. Then I hear him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground, and a hand touched me and set me trembling. On my hands and knees, he said, Daniel, look at verse 11, you who are highly esteemed, God is into you. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For now, I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Now listen to these words in verse 12. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were what? They were heard, and I have come in response to them. Just stop there. Take this in, because this is incredible. He says, since the first day that you began this fast, you began humbling yourself, your words were heard in heaven, and here I am. You catch this? Day one of Daniel's three-week fast literally looses the gates of heaven. God hears his prayers and sends a message in response to them. How great, how great would that be? I mean, I'm not offering any guarantees here, but if you know tonight you went home and prayed and you knew God was listening and he had an answer and he wanted to respond on the very first day of your prayer. I mean, have you, that is not how my prayer life goes. <laughs> uh, have you ever felt like, you know, you pray and your prayers are kind of bouncing off the ceiling? <laughs> like maybe God's not listening or at least you're not seeing his answers. You're not hearing anything back. Fasting is one of the ways, God's, guys, that you you add extra power to your prayers. It's like a one-two combo. Jesus said, no, this, prayer, this kind of demon only comes out through prayer and fasting. Something supernatural happens when you humble yourself before your God in his presence. You're denying yourself physically. It literally looses heaven. 
This heavenly being comes down and says, Daniel, get up, Danny boy. Your, your prayers, God heard them on day one. And then he reveals something incredible. I, this, is, this still boggles me. Look at verse 13. He says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, another angel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. In other words, the angel says, sorry, I'm three weeks late, but I got attacked along the way by the prince of Persia. Does anyone know who the prince of Persia is? This is not Jake Gyllenhaal, okay? This is, in the Old Testament, the Persian prince was considered a satanic power. So get this. God hears Daniel's prayers on day one, but it takes three weeks for his answer to arrive. Why? Because unbeknownst to anybody else, there is an intense spiritual battle happening in the heavens. A satanic power fighting against God's messenger at all costs. Don't get the message through to this child of God. And Daniel's just fasting on the earth below. Speak to me, God. And they battled for 21 days. He was delayed three weeks, the exact length of Daniel's fast. Is that crazy to you? The thought that God may have an answer to your deepest prayer. He may, he may have an answer to your deepest need, the cry of your heart, and he in fact may long to release it to you, but that there are powers of darkness committed to preventing that answer from reaching you. See, Satan doesn't actually want a child of God actually hearing directly from the mouth of his or her father. Why? Because according to Daniel, God actually has a vision for your life and your family. He longs to reveal his plan and his purposes for you. He wants to give his divine direction to your future. And for three weeks, this unseen enemy of Daniel's soul tries to hold back God's answer from getting to Daniel, servant Daniel. He didn't want Daniel to gain understand the vision. It must have been quite a battle, man. Three weeks, three weeks in the heavens. It's like, it's like the, the curtain is pulled back. The cosmic curtain gets pulled back for us and we see the forces of hell unleashed. But because Daniel fasted, 21 days later, God's messenger breaks through the demonic ranks. The enemy is overcome and God hand delivers a vision, a revelation to Daniel's soul. Read it, verse 14. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the what? The vision concerns a time yet to come. Do you believe God has a vision for your life? You believe that? You know what a vision is? A vision is something, that is something you see in the distance. It's not here yet, but it's the preferred future that God has for you, the destiny that he wants to break into your present. In Jeremiah, God says to his children, I know the plans that I have for you. It's plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a future for every child. For every child of God, God, God has a vision, a destiny, a purpose for your life, and he wants to reveal it to you. This is foundational. God wants to answer our prayers. Did you know that's God's main posture? It's not like pray harder. He's like, I want to answer your prayers. That's his main posture towards his children. I will give divine direction to people who earnestly seek me. But Daniel 10 teaches us his answers can be delayed. And one of the reasons that we see here is spiritual opposition. I mean, what if you really knew what God had destined for your life this year? For the next three years, the next five years, the, the, the time yet to come that your creator scripted in his eternal plans for you and wants to reveal to you. Do you have, do you have Danny's sense of destiny? 
where you're like, I know God has something more for me. I know I, this job I'm in, that I'm in right now, it's preparing me for something. I don't know what it is yet. I can't see it yet. I just had a conversation with a guy in the bathroom about that. He's like, I'm doing this right. Does that sound weird? Yeah, that sounds weird. All right, whatever. We have weird conversations in the bathroom, man. That's how it goes. Maybe it's something more than the life you're currently living. That he's calling you to something great. It's not here yet. It's in, it's in the future. But vision means you believe God has a specific assignment for your life. He's gifted you for this way for a reason. The question is, how do you discover it? How do, how do you hear his voice? How do you understand his will, his plans for you? Who, who, who should you marry? Where should you live? What job should you take? What, what mission field should you consider calling your name? In Daniel's case, that breakthrough only came after 21 days of fasting. Fasting is not for the meek. It's a battle. It's a spiritual weapon God gives us for battle. And anytime one of God's children humbles herself, actually, actually commits in her heart to seek God through prayer and fasting, the enemy is beaten back. You remember, when Jesus fasted in the desert, what happened? The devil turned tail. And when Daniel fasted, unseen forces in the heavenly realms were unleashed, but God broke through to speak to his servant in a miraculous way. So understand this. If you are committing to this, you're signing up for this man, get ready for a battle. Fasting's a weapon, but it will bring release in the life of a believer in a supernatural way, and sometimes we got to fight for it. Three weeks, 21 days. I mean, let me ask you, if you're facing, when you're facing something big in your life, how many days do you typically pray for something? I mean, most of the time, if we're honest, we give up after two or three. We pray, dear Lord, help. I pray for heal, that you'll heal so and so. Lord, I pray that you'll send a man into my life. And we don't see anything happen. And ju- the, the clouds don't part and Justin Bieber doesn't float down. And we conclude, well, I guess God's not listening. I guess he doesn't hear me. Imagine this, people. We blame God. We blame God for unanswered prayer. When the truth is, God's deepest desire is to reveal his plan and his purposes to your life. He wants to release his vision to you. That's why he created you. That's why he saved you with the blood of Jesus. Is why he put his Holy Spirit inside you. Anybody feeling me on this? It's to guide and protect you into the life that you were destined for. And at the same time, there's an enemy of your soul, of your faith, of your family, who is dead set against of you taking hold of that future. He wants you to stay where you are. He wants you to sit where you are on the couch with a bag of chips and conclude, well, I guess it's as good as it gets. I don't know. Give up on your prayers. Give up on the dream, the vision, the thing God's calling you to and figure, I don't know, I think it's God's will. I just feel, when reality is, man, God wants us to storm the gates of hell. And nothing makes the demon shudder like prayer and fasting. It's twin barrels of like God's shotgun that rattles the enemy and releases God's word, his power, his revelation and blessing into your life. I don't know why you're here today. It may be your first time. You're like, what did I just walk into, man? Like crazy angels, demon stuff. I don't know. That's, that's fine, dude. Just relax. I'm just trying to tell you, God has more for you. God has more faith for you than the faith that you have right now in this room. He has more for your family. He has more for your future. That's why we're doing this fast together, as Daniel did for 21 days. I mean, if you knew that God, God was longing to break through to you and he was just waiting for you to do your part, why wouldn't you pursue him with everything that you had? Fasting is about humbling yourself and getting on your knees so that you can fight like a man or a woman of God, not in your own power, in God's power. 
Where do you need God's breakthrough, his intervention in your life? What areas? In the Bible, people had all sorts of areas. They fasted for all sorts of things. They fasted when facing a crisis. Those of you women who are studying Esther in our Beth Moore study, man, you know all about this. Persecution of the Jewish people. Maybe you're faced with a crisis at work. Maybe you're facing persecution at work or at school or your home. Maybe you're being threatened. Maybe someone's targeted you for persecution in your life. They're hostile towards you, and they have made it their purpose to make your life a living hell. You know what fasting does? It calls down heaven and hits the enemy with the power of God. You can fast, guys, not just for crisis. You can fast for a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe that's the crisis you're facing. Maybe you and your, your significant other have grown apart. There's a rift between you. I've heard a lot of these stories out of our Crazy Love series. God has the power to repair and heal that. And fasting is a way to release his power. It shows him you're serious about saving that relationship. It humbles yourself and actually says, ah, God, my spouse is not my enemy. That's the problem. We get in these rifts in relationships and we say, I think it's about them. They're the problem, God. Fix her. Fix him. You know what Ephesians 6 says? For our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood. Uh Uh-uh. But against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. A Christian marriage is constantly under attack. Always. And fasting is a way of pressing in to say, God, I need you to protect this and preserve it and even resurrect it if it's flatlined. You've got to be hungry for God's power. You've got to want to say, I want to see Jesus' power of resurrection. It raised Jesus from the dead and it's available to me. And fasting releases that. You can fast for your family. Fast for your kids. I have a, a friend who fasts every day. I love this. On his children's birthday. He fasts for their protection uh, from the world, you know, all the corrupting influences. Maybe, maybe you have someone in your family you see going down a wrong path, a brother or sister, and you want to fast for them. Someone who has drifted far from God, they're in high rebellion, and you're like, I don't know what to do. My kid's out of control. Pray and fast on their behalf this spring. By name, bring them before their heavenly father and say, you got to provide this course correction. God, I can't do it. Fast for your, if there's nothing going wrong, fast for your kid's anointing that the call of God would be on their life from a very early age. I love to do this with my kids after they go to sleep. Sometimes I'll go to bed, I get home late, and before I wash up, I'll sneak in their room, sneak in, and I kneel by their bed, and I, and I, I try not to freak them out, but I, but, I, but I put my hands on them while they're sleeping. Sometimes I put my hands on them, and I pray for my son. I'm like, God, would you release in him the Holy Spirit of God that he would be a man among men when he grows up, and that he would lead his generation with power, Release that in him, Father. And then he usually goes, <laughs> turns the other way. I pray for my daughter's protection. I'm just like, I give you, God, I give you her back to you. Would you preserve her sweet spirit? She's a tender spirit from the cynical culture. I actually ask God, I go, would you prepare the husband you've already picked for her? Yes, she's only eight. But, <laughs> but I'm praying for a husband already. Deal with it, people. Parents, fasting is a way of targeting your children, but in a good way. Because the enemy has them in his crosshairs, but fasting puts them in God's bullseye. Amen? What are you going to fast for? Who are you fasting for for 21 days? Maybe you're going to fast for the salvation of somebody in your family. Maybe, a fa- maybe someone you love hasn't put their faith in Christ yet. You've prayed for years, but you've never put the power of fasting behind that petition. When you pray for the salvation of a, of a brother, a sister, a relative, a parent, you're modeling Daniel. Daniel's heart was broken for the people he loved. He saw judgment coming towards them. That's why he fasted. 
He knew what was in store for them if, if they continued to reject God. And this is just a way to imitate his prayer when we cry out to God for family and friends. Do we love them enough to storm the gates of heaven on their behalf? Personally, I am praying for a close friend of our family. She has a lot of intellectual objections to God. Um, I'm just like, God, you're going to have to break down those walls, soften her heart. I'm going to be faithful with your gospel, but God, you're going to have to move. And I'm praying her whole family will be saved. That salvation will come to their house this Easter. There is all sorts of things you can fast for over the next 21 days. In fact, did you know? Someone's fasting for you. <laughs> I should tell you that. Who? Well, you're looking at him. <laughs> for the last three weeks, I've been fasting that God would raise up 500 people in our congregation to join me on a 21-day Daniel fast leading up to this Easter. And I'm not alone. The entire liquid staff, this is incredible, they voluntarily said we want to fast for the congregation too. They want to fast for a lot of things. What are the leaders of your church fasting for? Here's an inside peek. Hey, everybody. It's Pastor Tom. I'm standing outside the Liquid Church office where the staff has actually been fasting for the past week. Let's go inside and check it out. Beth, have you been fasting all this time? I have, yes. Now, it looks, what do, how has that been going? What are you eating there? This is actually mashed potatoes, which is a favorite of mine. However, I have not been able to make it with butter or milk, so I uh, roasted a head of garlic and also put spinach in there. I see potato chips, actually. It's all Daniel approved, okay? Uh, Triscuits, uh, nuts. Daniel approved. Although I think Tim thinks I'm cheating, but it really is Daniel. I think we all think you're cheating, but that's, that's okay. Uh, we've got some uh, baked tortillas. I have been eating, where's my little time, you have the granola there? Oh, that's, oh, wow. I've been eating a lot of granola. Tell us, how is the fast going for you these days? You know what, it's going pretty well. You know, I'm kind of past that initial hump where every moment I'm just thinking about food. I have to admit, the first few days I had problems thinking. What exactly are you fasting for? The church, I guess I'm fasting for revival. So the rumor going around that you're fasting for a winning lottery ticket, that's not true. Not true, not true. And I'm fasting uh, about my buddy Joe who doesn't know Jesus. My brother who's struggling with alcoholism. Peace within myself about it a couple of items that are bothering me. Something personal for me, uh, which is fear. I've been praying for my own parenting as a dad. Uh, just some stuff in our family, just to, um, to really move into a deeper level with him. Praying for God's will about me and my husband starting a family. You know, my wife Tara has had a health issue since last year, and we're just hoping that we can find some type of solution there. Definitely for our boys, Eli and Geffen, trying to figure out their next steps. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, oh, oh, you, okay. Well, here's the deal. Uh, here's what I've been fasting for. Um, right here, I've got a picture of my life group. We've got nine families there. They all have little kiddos, and uh, we're just praying that God would uh, help us to be good parents. want to encourage you guys to keep on doing what you're doing, keep on fasting. I think God really honors that, and he will meet you uh, in the midst of that fast. Awesome. Did you hear that? An alcoholic brother. They're fasting for a spirit of fear in their life to be, to be transcended or broken. Parenting, kids. Should we start a family now? If you're going to commit to this fast, you just have to answer a very simple question. It's why are you fasting? What's the focus of your fast? 
Now remember, the primary goal of this is to draw closer to God. That's the, that's the, the simple goal. Where I want to seek God's face so I can be loved more by him and love him more. That's, that's the baseline. But in the Bible, most public fasts were for a very specific reason. People fasted when facing a crisis, a battle, a roadblock. Maybe you're facing a major decision in your life. What college to go to, who to marry, what job to take, where to move. Fasting is a tool of discernment because the idea is as you seek God in prayer, the Holy Spirit will begin prompting you. He will begin impressing on you God's direction as you empty yourself. Fasting unclutters your spirit so you're newly sensitive to the things of God. His still small voice. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. That's his posture. And it will be given to you. Maybe there's an opportunity or an investment you're weighing. Fast over it. If you're taking on a new, a new job, a new business or a project, fasting is just a way of saying, God, I want your wisdom. I want your blessing on this before I even take my first step. Fasting just kind of clears the ears of your soul so you can actually discern what God's saying. Maybe you do the fast to seek healing. Maybe someone in your family is sick and the doctors have tried everything, but the healing hasn't come. It's been delayed. You've prayed maybe fervently, but have you fasted? Could it be that God has plans to bring healing to your loved one because you're putting your prayers and your fasting with the power of thousands of others and he's waiting to bring that breakthrough? Maybe you have an addiction that you've told nobody about. Maybe you're like, man, I couldn't even give up food. I can't, I can't even give up alcohol, dude. I look at that Budweiser thing and I get nervous. Maybe it's, maybe it's marijuana. Maybe, maybe it's food itself. Maybe you have an addiction to porn. We have addicts. You should know this. We have addicts all through this congregation. All right? You're in good company. If anything owns or enslaves you and you're stuck and you're like, I can't beat this thing with my own power, guess what? God has a vision for your life, and it's called freedom. It's called freedom. If you knew God could set you free in 21 days, if you truly sought him and you humbled yourself and said, God, I have no more recourse. I don't have more power. I can't beat this on my own. Would you please, I repent, would you release the spirit of Jesus into my life and proclaim freedom for this captive? Do you think he'd do it? Do you think he would move heaven to set the captive free? Because that's what Jesus did on the cross. It says he actually canceled our sins. We're dead to sin. We're alive to Christ. He puts his resurrection power, but we have to actually live in that freedom. And the question for a lot of people with addictions is, do you really want to be free? Do you, do you want to be healed? I always thought that was whenever Jesus said, do you want to be healed? I always thought that was kind of like, well, I think so. The guy's begging. Fasting helps bind the enemy and it releases freedom in the life of a believer. Over the next 21 days, your life, I believe this is going to happen in our church. Some people's lives are literally going to do a 180 because they got serious today and they're going to fast for their breakthrough. I believe that's going to happen. Some of you, I also believe that some of you right now are deciding to settle down and make peace with your sin or your situation. And that's sad, honestly. It's sad. It, it, as your pastor, it like breaks my heart. Because I'm like, if you had a chance, you knew your life could be different. That other brothers and sisters would would seek to see that stronghold broken in your life by praying with and for you, and together we fasted and fell on her face, and God would turn and heal your life. Why in the world wouldn't you do that? Why in the world wouldn't you do that? I am fasting for 500 people crazy enough to take God at his word. Who wants it bad enough? Who is actually hungry to see breakthrough in their family, in your faith, in the life of this church? Who will join me 
and do a Daniel's fast to Easter. Do I actually have any takers? Is anyone with me on this thing? I am hoping that you are. Let me tell you specifically what I'm fasting for um, because I've been journaling um, for the last 20 days. That's one of the things we're going to do together. Um, for everyone who commits to this, I'm going to send you a 21-day devotional. I just finished writing it, and I'm going to send it to you um, each day. It's a daily note from me just kind of encouraging you, telling you what to expect. A scripture passage for our entire church to kind of chew on and meditate on together. And then a journal prompt so you have daily time to kind of reflect on what God's saying to you. Um, but I've been doing this for about three weeks, and I'm actually going to extend my fast uh, to join those of you who begin tomorrow. Um, as you see on the contract, we're beginning on Monday, March 28th, and we're ending April 17th, which just happens to be Palm Sunday, our epic one service in Montclair. Here's the crazy part. We didn't plan that. We didn't plan that. We had that in the works, and then this fasting came on. We're like, oh, when's it end? The 17th. When like 2,000 people are gathered in the middle of New Jersey to raise up the name of Jesus, you think God's going to do something? The focus of my fast is very, very personal. I'm not just fasting um, for my family's needs, but I'm fasting very specifically for revival. I want to see some things happen here, people. I'm serious. I'm like, I don't know if it's because I'm turning 40 this year, but I'm like, God, I want to see you do things that are unexplainable. That aren't just like, oh, they've got good music. Tim's an interesting speaker. I want to see God's power poured out. I honestly think 2011 will be a year of breakthrough for us. I believe that. I, I, I believe God is, I believe he's just getting started with us. It, in four years, we have grown to over 1,500 people, baptizing 400 new believers, starting our third campus, and people who are out of state, they're like, in New Jersey? Yeah, it's incredible. But that's not us. That's God. That's God just being generous. I'm like, God, I want you to be generous. I want you to show off. I want to see the Holy Spirit do something and bring revival to this entire state. And we're just starting to see, I think, the first fruits of it. So I wrote down, I'm like, I want, I want, to, see, I want to see 500 people fast. I want to see at least 50 people, dozens of people come to Christ on Palm Sunday. And then I want to see over 100 people baptized the next Easter weekend. And it's going to be like, what happened to them? Well, they're being resurrected to new life through the power of Jesus Christ. I want to see that happen. The second thing I'm fasting for is, um, this is kind of personal, I'll keep it generic, is healing for three families in our church. There are, um, there are three children in our church whose stories God has put on my heart. They're very tough situations. And the parents are in pain and they want to see God's healing and breakthrough for their kids. And uh, I don't want to go through details because you know, we get lots of requests. Yeah? But at the beginning of my fast, God said, I want, I'm putting these three specific ones in your heart. And I'm praying every day, every time, every... Every time I feel the urge for coffee and say, no, not, gonna, not today, I say, God, would you heal that little boy? Would you reach in and heal him, Lord? Would you have mercy on that child and bring glory to Jesus through this? Bring peace to those parents. Does somebody in your life need healing? Are they sick? Maybe there's no diagnosis and the doctors are vexed, but no one's called the great physician yet. <laughs> Remember, prayer and fasting are not a last resort. They're supposed to be our first response. I want to see families in this church healed through this fast and Jesus get crazy glory over the next 21 days. That's what I want to see happen. And the third thing I'm fasting for, I can't even quite articulate it to you yet, but it's a release of God's spirit in my life that I have not previously experienced yet. I don't even know how to tell you this. Um, I am turning 40 next month and um, I want this next chapter to count. I don't want to lead a safe life. I don't want to lead a safe church. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody understand this? 
I want to lead a dangerous church that makes the Prince of Persia shudder. <laughs> I really believe God has a bigger vision for a church than anything I can understand or, or dream up at this point. And I'm like literally praying that God, God, would you break through to me the strongholds in my life, honestly, and make that vision clear to me. Like the messenger did to Daniel. Remember he said, he said, I've come to explain to you now what's going to happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. I'm like, God, would you just even give me an inkling of that so I can lead well and with integrity? And this is embarrassing, but, um, but God told me to share it with you, so I'll just do it. Um, I just thought, God didn't give me a vision of exactly what that is yet, but he gave me a vision of what's blocking it. <laughs> That's going to happen too. You're going to start pressing into God and he's going to say, here are these issues in your life. I don't know if you can see this, but I was, um, one of the days of my fast, I was journaling. Can you see that? And I kind of got this, this, this vision, this image. I wrote the question, what's blocking the release of God's power in my life? And he gave me a, a picture. I'm kind of a visual learner. And it looked like this. Does anybody know what this is? That's an iceberg. And on the iceberg, I saw all these kinds of words like unbelief. And I'm like, unbelief? What's, what's unbelief? He's like, Tim, do you really believe I still move in miraculous ways? Do you believe that I actually can, can do that in those children's lives? I, I, I want to show you something, but sometimes I'll just, my prayers sometimes are pathetic sometimes. I'm sorry, I need to apologize to some of you. Sometimes I pray for some of you, and my boldest prayer is, God, would you please guide the surgeon's hands? Because I don't want you to be disappointed if God doesn't do something. And I'm like, I'm fearful of, 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 of it looking, of being foolish. Like, what if we pray and nothing happens, which betrays not just my unbelief, but my pride. I'm 40 years old, and I'm still concerned what people think. Concerned enough not to risk Jesus fully getting a hold of this church and unleashing his power. And I'm like, but I got reasons for that. I haven't seen that happen a lot. I'm inexperienced. But you know what God said? He's like, okay, so let me get this straight. Your inexperience is the ceiling of what I want to do in this church. I'm like, okay. I was like, but, but isn't what we're doing enough, God? <laughs> what you're doing enough, you self-sufficient little punk. Self-sufficiency. And it started unearthing all this crap in my soul. God's revealing what's blocking his power in my life, in the life of our church. And you know what he said? He said, that's just the tip of the iceberg, Tim, because the real issue is your pride. Before I can do that in this church, I got I to gotta break through to you. And then I can get hold of my church. And I, just, I confessed that to God, and I wanted to confess that to you. Because I want to repent of that and say I'm sorry. I can't imagine going. I'm like, the next season of ministry together, when everything's fine above water, but underneath is all this ugly stuff holding back the full release of the Holy Spirit in this church. I don't want that. I won't allow that. And I'm asking God over the next 21 days, would you take this part of my heart and just cleanse it and heal it and break it all over again and do something miraculous, do something new in me, God, do something new in us and all of us, that we will look back 21 days from today and say, wow, three weeks, 21 days. That was our church before we got serious. And this was our church after God got serious. That's your life after. After God got all of you. Not just some of you, all of us. I want to see that vision. Who wants to be a part of that vision? 
Fast with me. Commit today to make these three weeks all about him. Remember, it's not about your diet. It's about the heart behind it. The stomach is just the the window to your soul. God knows what's in there. He knows what needs confessing, what strongholds need to be broken in your life, what needs rearranging. He will do it. He's doing it right now in me. And I believe, I'm praying and I'm fasting, that he will do it powerfully in every single one of you today. So my question is, what's going to be different in your life 21 days from now? What's going to be the focus of your fast? You need to write that down. You'll notice that contract in your program. Actually, you'll see a space on the bottom that it says the type of fast. What are you doing? Is it the Daniel fast? Just write Daniel fast. I know what you mean by that. Uh, Maybe you're just doing, I'm doing coffee and soda maybe or something, or you're fasting from Facebook. Write down whatever you're giving up as a sacrifice to God. And then why is that? What's the reason? How, How can we pray for you? Is it a crisis? Is it your family salvation for somebody? Asking God for discernment with this decision. Maybe it's an addiction. Be very specific so we can pray with and for you. And then who will you ask to actually pray with you? Notice on the contract, there's space for you to list a prayer partner. Here's why. You don't dare do this fast alone, okay? There's power, the gospel says, in two or more people agreeing to pray together. Jesus said, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will what? Be done for them by my Father in heaven. So catch this. There's power when you partner with your spouse, with a friend, when you partner with your life group, with this church. Don't fast alone. That's why we're doing this together. You'll be hopefully there with hundreds of others. But jot down the name of someone you can share your goal and your commitment with. And on the reverse side, would you include your name and your email so I can email you day one of the devotional tomorrow morning, um, along with some other resources to encourage you between now and April 17th. When you're done filling that, you simply got to fold it on the dotted line. Are we ready for the big moment? All our campuses, we're going to do a little ripping here. Look at us. Rip that off. This is your resolve, your Daniel vow. And you keep this top sheet and you put that on your fridge, okay? We put it there so when you have a big Mac attack, you can remember what you're giving up to seek God. And you are going to hand this one on in along with hundreds of other people. Today, we have set up special boxes. You'll see them in the room at all of the foot of all of our cross stations in this room. You see them? And that is for you to take your vow, you sign it, and you're putting it before God. This is between God and you. This means nothing to us. We're not calling out the food cops, okay? You wake up tomorrow, and we're not going to bust you on your steps for eating a blueberry muffin, all right? This is not about being legalistic. It's about committing to pressing to God for a season and say, I want to see your face, in a, your, your face in a very fresh way, God. Um, I can't wait to see what people commit and fast for. I'm going to read every one of these, so know this. I have been praying for you. I've been praying for this moment, for what you're about to put before God in response. And your entire leadership team at this church is going to be praying for you. So since tomorrow is the beginning of our Daniel fast, I thought today... We would share our last meal together, uh, the Lord's Supper. In John, um, Jesus said, for my flesh is real food and my blood's real drink. He always used these metaphors. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, I and him. The one who feeds on me will live because of me. On the cross, if you hear nothing else, understand this. Jesus sacrificed his life so we could live, so we could have real life, eternal life, spiritual food. And anybody who trusts in the name of Jesus has the promise of eternal life. And he says, I'm going to put my spirit in your life. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, do this. Come forward with your fasting contract. Stick it in the box in front of the cross as a way of saying, Jesus, I'm sacrificing some of my comfort for you. You gave all your comfort for me. And then let Christ feed you. 
We have communion stations set up where the bread and juice you can take and enjoy. Let that nourish you spiritually as we worship. Thank Jesus as you eat in, in the breakthrough that he already made on the cross. If you don't know Christ, you don't know Jesus, and you want God's forgiveness, you're like, I need power in my life, something more, would you come up here and ask me to pray for you for heaven's sakes? You don't got to wait 21 days. You can actually leave here a new person. You can have a revolution on the inside and be changed from the inside out tonight. You can be confess your sins, be cleansed. I'll pray for you. You can experience God's forgiveness now. He broke through the heavens to reach you, and he went to hell so you wouldn't have to, and all you got to do is ask. So if you want to taste salvation today, come up here. I'll pray for you. Our campus pastor will pray for you. Let's do that now. Let's pray. God, as we are considering our vows, um, our sacrifice before you, I am asking that you would, your eyes would search this community, God, and that your eyes would be on the heart of every person here. Only you know, Lord, what's in our hearts. Lord, I pray today you'll begin that process, Lord, of a detox for our soul. Would you be just cleansing out all the junk in our heart, the mixed motives, the selfishness, the absorption, God, like you're doing in me, do it in all of us, God, so that Jesus gets more room. We want to see miracles happen and it not be explainable except that the living God has touched down in New Jersey. I want to see that. And so, God, I'm asking you by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you enter your people in a fresh way right now, Holy Spirit, come as they're coming forward, leaving their vow before the cross, God, would you meet them? Meet them at the communion table. Feed them from your hand. And we ask that Jesus would get every ounce of glory for it. It's in his name we pray. All God's people said together, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.